Okay, it's Saturday, one of my favorite days of the week. Actually, in my religion, Saturday is the Sabbath, so it's the day of rest. And by rest, they don't mean you should just lay in bed and sleep and do nothing. Uh, having grown up in a uh, wonderful Jewish religious neighborhood, not Orthodox, but, you know, learning, going to Hebrew school while I went to public school, you find out what it's all about. And the idea of the Sabbath is not just, you hear it's rest, but no matter what religion you are, the Sabbath, people don't rest, they go to church, they go get together with other people. It's a day of reflection and community of being together, thinking about what the hell you've done all week and what else do you have to do. Uh, so it gives you that breathing space. Uh, other than God, who can go on forever, we're mortal. We need some breathing space. So this is one of my favorite ways of breathing and commenting and thinking out loud. Today, the subtitle for the podcast uh, didn't all get up there. You'll see the word C-O-U-P, C-O-U-P. Now, that's a French word, like a lot of our words come from the old Latin, the French, and various languages, and it's pronounced coo, like if you heard a bird going coo, coo, you know? Uh, so I purposely put it up because coo repeated twice sounds like cuckoo, like a cuckoo bird, because that's what it's been. We've got a guy who everybody thinks he's struggling to overturn the Constitution. If he can do it, he'll be happy because he really doesn't care about laws. He cares about distraction and putting money in his pocket. As I've said before, and as people are reporting in the background, he's collected over $200 million. That's a discretionary slush fund that he can spend on almost anything he wants. As I said, I hope the IRS keep tabs on how he spends it because if he spends it on many things for himself, it actually becomes taxable income to him, which would be interesting if they finally nail his butt the right way, because our laws have a lot of economic understanding in them. And then we have people who want to disregard the economic understanding. So cuckoo is, of course, that's how he's acting. And he's got all of these Republicans who should be ashamed of themselves. Basically, they are standing up for overturning our democratic methodology that we've had for over a few hundred years, officially, from when we declared our independence. One of the things I think people should get a good read of, and maybe we'll do it sometime another day, it's not the big blazing thing in everybody's uh, mind, but we've had a lot of presidents Trump has got the number 45, the Biden's going to be 46. But if you go way back to number three, all of these guys made speeches when they started. Thomas Jefferson, who was the third, he was an interesting speaker and an interesting guy as they go. Uh, he gave an inaugural that people really say you should read. So when you get time, Look up Thomas Jefferson's inaugural address. It's not too long, it's not too short, but just to give you an idea, uh, when he was talking, you've got to put it in context when you read it, because he's talking, he's out on a platform. Back in those days, your constituents were in front of you. You only had so many colonies. We weren't that big yet. We were working to keep our independence. 
fighting in a lot of cases. So he's talking to the audience that's mainly in front of him. There's no camera. There's no wireless. There's no recording devices. The only way we have this is because it was written down when he did it. He didn't have a teleprompter. And he may have read his speech or memorized it. But either way, he was talking directly to the people that could hear him, that were in front of him in most cases. So he says, friends and fellow citizens at the opening. But one of the more interesting lines, and I'm not going to read a lot of this, just this one part. He then says, to you gentlemen. Now, when they say gentlemen, they're addressing everybody in the audience, men, women, children, who are charged with the sovereign functions of legislation. Because where is he? He's at the seat of the government. He's talking to people who are there for the inaugural, just like when we see it on TV sometimes. You've got the uh, Congress. You've got the uh, justices. So everybody's gathered that are part of the functionaries of the government that make it work. So he says, you are, char you are charged with the sovereign functions of legislation. Not me. I'm running the place, but you guys make the laws. And those associated with you, in other words, all your assistants, I look with encouragement for that guidance and support which may enable us together to steer with safety the vessel, meaning the ship of state, in which we are all embarked amidst the conflicting elements of a troubled world. At every time in life, people see things that are difficult or not, happy times, bad times. As I've said before, without bad, you wouldn't recognize good. So it's a kind of interesting inaugural address. It's worth reading. We may get in another podcast to discuss it a little more. With all the craziness that's been going on, I believe it was Lisa when she wrote in, because she deals with stuff in the medical and has a background in it, and I mentioned it, but I want to emphasize it. We tend to, no matter how literate we get, because all of the scientists are reviewing, what are they reviewing? They're reviewing the coronavirus 19 vaccine. Well, let me just say this. Words have meanings, and there are a lot of people. If I were black, I read my history, I know that experiments were done on me by the government that still runs this country. And they tried cures for syphilis without telling me that they were giving me syphilis to try it. So they used me as a guinea pig years ago. Why would I trust that government if I understand they do this? It's a little different. They're giving it out. They're not targeting me. They're handing it out one by one with shots. But the word vaccine, when you look it up and understand it, it deals with giving people a piece of a virus, either live or dead, in a certain quantity that you hopefully figured out won't kill them, but will stimulate the system to resist the actual virus so they don't die from it. This was developed quicker for a lot of reasons. This is not a vaccine in the sense that we're injecting you with any kind of virus, live or dead. The Salk vaccine, which was the last major one that they had the whole country do because polio was difficult, they had two different kinds. They had the shot. One of them was live virus in it. The other one, the pill, was a dead virus. I forget which was which right now. 
And as I said, one was developed by Dr. Sabin, Morwood, Russia, and they used it, and the uh, injection was over here by Dr. Salt. This saved a lot of people from being crippled or dead, okay? And we had mass inoculations. But that was a virus. This, the reason it's been developed faster is we've learned a lot in science. When you go with science and you understand what they're doing and you don't just accept it, you ask them, what is it? They're calling this an mRNA. M, which stands for message. It's like somebody made you eat a piece of paper with the word, don't forget, I need you to come here tomorrow. It's not the way we read messages. But we've learned enough about DNA and RNA, the stuff that's in our body, that tells us to grow or get taller, or if we have the wrong chromosome, to maybe be susceptible to a sickness. So they've figured out that this message, the M, RNA is ribonucleic acid. It's a cute term, but it deals with they're sending a message. So if I go to the doctor because I'm suddenly turning purple or yellow or something, and he says, oh, you've got jaundice. Uh, take some pills for this or that. Am I going to yell? I know I'm, I've got something that's serious. Is he giving me a vaccine with a virus in it, live or dead? No. He's telling me to treat what's happening to me. So now what we've done is this message that this serum is going to put in our body is merely going to allow us to take, I, I ended up that I found out years ago, I don't absorb B12, we needed to live. I was happy when I found out that I could get it in shots. Every two weeks I get a B12 shot so I can live. I have a treatable issue. Same thing. They're giving us a shot that's going to go in our body and tell our T cells, I think it is, or immune system, to put out certain things to stand guard if a virus comes in. So we're not getting a vaccine that's part of a live or dead you know, virus. This is different, folks. Whether you get it orally or by needle, it is not a live or dead virus. It's a message to your body which will stimulate a response. So please, everybody understand this. Nobody's going to give you something that's going to put you. And anytime you get an injection, if you don't know it, the skin is considered the biggest organ on the body. It covers all of us. It's voluminous. When you pierce it, whether by scraping it, punching somebody and breaking your skin, or getting a needle, making a little hole, where they clean it and make sure it's a clean site, you can have a reaction because the skin is protecting you from the outside. So anything breaking it is an invasion. You may have some irritation. You may have that. We're all different. But please, everybody understand, this is not a normal vaccine. This is a message that's telling our body to get ready in case we get this infection. I hope they are smart enough to get this out so and stop calling it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. So look, we have our alter ego here today. Let me let her start to talk to you about other things. I have a lot of other junk I'd like to explain, but I wanted to get it across. It's no different when you feel you have no energy and you take an energy drink or you eat a bar of chocolate because you know it'll give you more sugar and it'll make you, you know, peppier. 
That's really what we're talking about here, is a message. That's the M in mRNA. Please, alter ego, go ahead. during Nixon's uh, days. Uh, Agnew actually was a very corrupt individual. The difference between him and Trump is how polished he was, you know, the good old dressed nicely, looked nicely, spoke very well. Uh, but he was taking bribes long before he got into the White House as the vice president of Nixon, continued to actually get money. Everybody knew that he was doing this. We knew that Nixon was lying about a lot of things, up to and including his taxes, just like Donald Trump. And they did everything in their power to make it difficult for people. And when you think of the Mueller investigation, which I tell everybody, please buy the books. I have both of them. I've read it. If you don't read, if you don't arm yourself with information, then you're not really going to understand what's going on in your government and around you. Mueller did not indict Donald Trump because of a letter that the attorney general put together many years ago that you can't indict a sitting president. Guess who started that, people? Nixon. Because Nixon and Agnew hated each other. We, everybody knew that Agnew was corrupt and taking bribes. And Agnew wanted the Congress to actually impeach him. Because if you get impeached, then you don't go to prison. And so the only way to do it, Congress turned him down. They went to Nixon and said, how do we do this? Nixon said, because there's nothing in the Constitution that says you cannot indict a vice president. And actually, there was nothing in the Constitution that said you couldn't indict a president either. They made a deal. Uh, Agnew gets indicted, and Nixon gets the attorney general to put in place that you cannot indict a sitting president. That's how we got that wonderful attorney letter, uh, 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 that letter or that decision that's sitting still to today, which is what Trump and Mueller and everybody else has used to keep this jackass in power. So you got to understand history, people. One of these days, maybe they'll, the next attorney general may make a change to that so that we don't have what we have going on right now. So just wanted to give a little bit of history of where that letter came from. Agnew, Nixon, and Trump, very, very similar. So good morning, Lisa. Thank you for joining. Good morning, Ronald. So great to hear from you. Uh, we always like, uh, and actually, we have one other person, Lisa Carol. Says she can't hear it. Carol uh, Hillier Ettinger. 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 Okay, good morning. Um, hopefully, everybody can hear me. If you can't hear me, please just kind of type something in. 
thank you so much. Uh, here is the agenda for this morning. I always come with one. My first thing that I'm going to be talking about is corruption and criminality. Second thing is, will, will the voters ever learn? <laughs> I always talk about that uh, when I'm having discussions with you guys. Then I'm going to talk about how blind are Americans to a dictatorship, or do we really want it? Uh, next one will be Republicans feeding the rich and hurting the working class people. And we've got some other ones. Um, I think I want to start with my first one because it's very, very important. Mr. Flynn and a host of characters. And the reason why I want to talk about this today is because they've come up with Hunter Biden and his taxes and, oh, my God, all of the corrupt Republicans suddenly had a come-to-Jesus moment, I guess. I don't have a clue. But the judge just dismissed the case on Flynn. Here's one of the things that I blame Mueller for in his investigations. He should have gone after these guys and he should have indicted and put Flynn in jail when he had the opportunity to do it. And he didn't do it because Flynn is a, formal, a former military guy. But here we are, we had a guy who has contacts with Russia, who actually tried to have a person killed in America on, the, uh, on behalf of the uh, Saudis. They tried to kidnap this person. He didn't go to jail. He rigged our elections. He still didn't go to jail. He put our national security at risk, still hasn't gone to jail. And now he gets pardoned just like the cast of criminals that Trump supporters think is okay for them to be pardoned and it's okay for them to commit their criminality. And then you get a couple of them pointing to Joe Biden's son. All this other criminal activity that's going on around Trump and Trump and his family doesn't seem to matter. America, you better pay attention. And the reason why I titled it the way I titled it, Corruption and Criminality is now the norm in America for the rich and for politicians. The entire Republican Party at every level of government is corrupt. And they're doing it right in front of our faces and we don't seem to be outraged. That tells me something. It tells me that deep inside, most of us have no morals whatsoever. By the way, criminals have morality, by the way, because they expect that you're going to be loyal, that you're going to do certain things, that you're going to follow certain codes. So morality is like beauty in the eyes of the beholder. But what I'm saying is if you want a society to work where we can be comfortable, you've got to set some norms of right and wrong. This and these behavior of the president and his cabinet and his party is something that we need to be afraid of. You know why? Because these people are now pardoned and they will be back. They will make Biden's life miserable and they will come back in four years and this country is at a tipping scale that it could go to a full dictatorship. You've got to think about that. The Germans didn't think that Germany was going to be a uh, end up with Hitler. Uh, Russia didn't think they were going to end up with Lenin and Stalin. 
You know, Italy didn't think they were going to end up with Mr. Fascist Mussolini. The one good thing that the Italians did is they killed Mussolini in a public square hung him. and hung him. That's what you do with people like Trump and all these guys. That's how you got to do it. Why? Because if you let them keep crawling on this earth, they're going to keep choking us to death. And the general public doesn't pay enough attention to how these people are destroying just our normal day-to-day -day life. The key thing is people like Donald Trump, what he does is he puts out dissent and distraction for one reason only, because then he gets contributors who gives him money because they think that he's championing, championing them. He's not. He's using it for him to live well while he creates all this stuff. So you think he's doing something. Do we need somebody who every day breaks a couple of bottles of glass and throws them on the highway? We've got to clean it up. We need to drive on the highway. We paid for the highway so we could go to work, have commerce, get food delivered. So if you need disruption, why don't you get like some of these people who feel they want to self-flagellate, which means you get yourself a chain, you sit in your backyard, and you beat yourself with the chain till you bleed enough. If that's what you feel is the only way you can cleanse yourself is by suffering, hey, by all means, you know, I don't ask you to burn yourself or kill yourself. It's illegal. But you know what? Life is to be enjoyed no matter how difficult it gets. And to get in the way of everybody else so that you can make money and get other people think you're championing them? No, 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 no. That doesn't work. And let me say something else. It's in recent years where we talk about the idea of having a general in charge of certain things. Biden is picking his own group. We've elected the man. He's the one who has to work with these people. He knows them. He's been around a long time. He says, I need this. I want to do things differently. We can't all question it. Let him do his job. If you don't like what he does, don't reelect him. It's that simple. So when he picks out this general, this black general, to be his secretary of defense, they're saying, wait a minute, we need this waiver that we did with Mattis for Trump. Well, with Mattis, everybody discussed it. Trump was such an ass with running the government. They figured Mattis was more of a scholar, not just a general. He'd be uh, a dampening force on what Trump was doing. So they signed the waiver. But let me remind anybody who does not think about history. Guess who was the first president of the United States? General George Washington. Now, back then, they didn't ask for a waiver, but I'm sure everybody in the country knew who he was. If that general felt like taking over and getting everybody to rally behind him, that was the man who had the best ability to do it. He left office because he said, no, this is not what we're about. Elect somebody else. Ulysses S. Grant was a general. He could have had the troops follow him, okay? Dwight David Eisenhower was the champion of World War II. He would have been elected times over, except the Republicans already, because of FDR, put term limits in on the president. So look, if this guy wants this man, he's saying, I don't think he's going to lead a revolution and take over the military to take over the government. Let him run his cabinet the way he sees it. We've got Trump with people who didn't need waivers, who are acting, who are stealing our money. Okay, Mnuchin, 
is out there. They're all arguing, remember this. They don't want to sign something to take care of the regular people. But they gave out billions of dollars to business that they've given as loans that could be forgiven. And now they're thinking of letting the businesses deduct these things that they didn't actually expend. How about that? And when you get unemployment, a couple of hundred to feed your family, because of Ronald Reagan changing unemployment to being taxable, you got to pay tax on the money that you need to just survive. People, we need a better balance. We need to understand. That's why I started doing this, to discuss these subjects for all of us. I don't want a revolution. I want an evolution. Back to my alter ego. Uh, Lisa, Trump doesn't know how to how we live day to day, how we take care of our families, rush to work, go grocery shopping. He's killing our normal life. Lisa, let me just say this. It's not just Trump. The problem with what happened with the election with Biden is everybody is just putting it on Trump. It's the entire Republican Party, the Tea Party revolution. They don't understand how we live and they don't care. Remember, the majority of the members of Congress and the majority of the members of the Senate are wealthy people, most of them coming from long lives of family. They don't have a clue what it is to work. They don't have a clue. Their children don't have a clue. That's why when a wealthy person has the unmitigating gall to look at me or look at you and their children who are living off trust funds, why can't you make it on your own? It's laughable because you don't know what it is to make it on your own. Your mommy and your daddy give you money, fund your business adventures and everything else, so you don't have a clue. So we have to look at the party in general at the state level and at the federal level. And when you tie the party to what the president has done, then you go out and make an informed decision on your vote. I haven't celebrated Biden's win. I can't. Why can't I? Because almost 80 million votes, and he did not get the Senate, and we lost eight seats in the House. I blame the Democratic chair. I really think he doesn't really do much of anything. So you gave the man the presidency, but you didn't give him what he needs to be able to run the damn country. Why is that? Voters, I keep asking myself that every night. What did we not do right? We are on this show, we talk about this. We've got two runoff elections that are coming up in Georgia, and you already have activists saying they're not gonna vote because they want Biden to put whoever they want him to put in there. Every Democrat right now, you need to stand down. You need to make sure this man gets into office. The Supreme Court just rejected the Texas filing to invalidate the votes. But guess what, people? The Electoral College vote is still at play. We cannot sit here comfortably assuming that he's going to take the presidency on January 20th. We have got to be vigilant. We should be out there protesting. We should be out there supporting Biden and stop this nonsense. AOC and all you guys need to stop this criticism, infighting, asking for things, and he's not even in there yet. And you didn't give him full control of the government. So what do you expect him to do at this point when he gets in?
And we don't need a government that's a specific race or a gender or anything else. I am all for these things. I've always fought for women's equality. In fact, I hung out with women more than men uh, <laughs> because of what I think of dealing with them. They're smart. They multitask. That's great. But we need a leader to pick a group so that he can run his team and do stuff. We need a government that's going to be there and sensitive to us. You have never, I have never seen a government introduce these people that they're going to put up to run these agencies, and you hear their background, and they'll all tell you where they emigrated from, where their grandparents did. So it is stuff, it is stuff that we've heard, instead of just seeing a guy or a woman in a nice suit who we feel has money, and we don't know if they know how we suffer, period. I just want to read from Instagram. No one, was at, no one was asking Trump for him to diversify his cabinet. That's absolutely true. All of these wonderful Black Lives Matter, all these other people, where the hell have you been for three damn years? AOC, you've been sitting in Congress and you're not telling people all the things that we have lost under the Republican Party. Now all of a sudden everybody's making all these demands. You got to do this, you got to do that. If you don't understand how your government works, you need the Senate and you need the Congress, you need the House. You, we, the voters, did not give Biden either one of the two. So I need people to start looking at the things this man is gonna have to do, support the man, allow him, and I hope he gets in on the 20th of January. I'm not as optimistic as your host because I look at the Constitution, I look at history and I look at what's playing out with Trump, the fact that all of us have ignored Donald Trump for three years and spent time talking about how he's crazy, he's got Alzheimer's, he doesn't really mean it, and never ever looked at how tactical him and his band of criminals have been. So we need to be vigilant. So I want to talk about the relief package that it's before the Senate today. I want to remind everyone, and this includes Trump supporters, because I'm sick and tired of Trump supporters not paying attention. They're a welfare cheats. That's what I call them at this point. These people in the South and these small towns and out West living off our tax dollars, taking our money, because that's how he's buying their votes, and forgetting that every damn thing that they enjoy, Democrats had to fight and put in place for you to get. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, uh, the ability for handicapped people to have a way to be supported, not just financially, but medically. All of these things were not Republicans who put it in place. And as they keep taking it away and you keep saying that you can do all these things yourself, that's a lie. You can't because you get on TV complaining about the things you don't have. You don't have hospitals. You don't have this. You don't have that. We have got to start thinking. The Keirs Act, the Democrats, from the very beginning of the pandemic, wanted to help people. They passed laws that Mitch McConnell would not bring to the Senate. Then we finally got the first package out, and they stole our money. The, what did Donald Trump do? Get rid of the uh, inspector general who was supposed to oversee this money. $500 billion suddenly now is going back to the treasury. 
Money was given to Trump lawyers, people like Kanye West, big corporations that didn't need it. It never really got down to the small people. And like the host said this morning, it's now going to be forgiven. So they got free money, our money. And here we are again. They don't want to give any money to anyone unless you make sure that companies cannot be sued for making you go to work during this pandemic because they've made no provisions to make sure that their employees are safe. We cannot allow that. But look at what they're doing. They're holding our working people. I'm a working person. I'm not a rich person. I'm a working person like everybody else. So now, unless the companies once again get another benefit, they got a trillion dollar tax cuts. Most of us didn't benefit from that. They got the CARES Act money. Most of us didn't benefit from that. And now they want to be uh, not liable for anything. That's what Mitch McConnell is trying and to by do. By the way, under that first uh, stimulus act, uh, I forget which paper in the last few days reported it, but they found out how much money, it was tens of millions, that went into Jared and Donald's companies and pockets from that PPP. Okay, and these are forgivable things that nobody has to pay on. And now again, they want it to be deductible, yet they don't want to give an average person a couple of hundred dollars that's taxable to feed their family or pay their rent. Folks, an example of what's going on, I don't have to go into all the details. Mitch McConnell's wife is Elaine Chow. She was the Secretary of Transportation in Donald's cabinet. She has already been reassigned to another government post where she's going to be in the government when Trump leaves and his cabinet's gone and still collecting money from us for a position. And she's not the only one that's being reassigned. So when Biden gets there, he could spend the first six months finding out where they buried all these people because they're wasting our money and they're going to be roadblocks in getting things done. So they're corrupt, the people who are there now, period. And when they wave these flags of the initial revolution with the snake, that cute snake broken into 13 colonies, those were flags of rebellion to have a free society, not to have an autocrat or dictator tell us what to do. So before I continue, our show does have sponsors, and we got to go for a commercial break to allow the sponsor uh, uh, to at least talk about their business. And I, our sponsor is Maxit Services, Inc. And you're also going to hear uh, a, a, a commercial having to do with Georgia, making sure that people go out and vote in Georgia. Please, you're not hurting anyone other than yourself. If you don't go out and vote, and give the Democrats the two Senate seats because Trump supporters are riled up to make sure they retain this power. This is not the time to try to be threatening anybody. Please don't do it. Six Sigma consultants are here. Maxit Services works with governmental officials and architects to ensure that your project's permitting, planning, and financing are correctly submitted so that your project comes in on time and in budget. So take it to the max. Max is service is your construction project liaison. 866-346-3078.
Democrats, Georgia needs your help. You have two elections on January 5th. One is a special election for Dr. Raphael Warnock, and the second is a runoff election for John Ossoff. We need to take control of the Senate. Please go to fearfight.com and donate. Necesitamos el voto y ayudancia a Georgia. Tenemos dos elecciones para dos puestos en el Senado. El primero es la elección del Reverend Warner y el segundo es la segunda elección for John Ossoff. Por favor, ayude la campaña. Vaya a fearfight.com y voten, voten, voten. The uh, fair fight where they're talking about donations, that's what Stacey Abrams put together. And Georgia, if we can get it done and get those two seats, we can cut Mitch McConnell's power in the Senate and allow us to rebuild our country. So thank you guys for that. As I said, if anybody's interested in advertising on the show, please send an email to ae equals mcsq at gmail.com being a sponsor of the show. We come here every Saturday, uh, and our sponsors are helping us actually stay on the air. So I would like to talk about how blind are Americans to a dictatorship, or do we want it? Obviously, this presidential election makes us think twice about what the voters were actually doing and saying. Trump of course, intervened in the Texas election case before the Supreme Court, and we have 106 uh, lawmakers from across the country, and of course, the House and the Senate who signed on to take away the votes of the other states. Thank God the Supreme Court said no, but there are other cases that are coming up, so you never know, depending on how they write their case, what's going to be happening. That's why I keep saying we have to be vigilant about it. So I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that the voters really kind of voted to keep Trump and the Republican Party's, you know, agenda in place. Ask yourself this, women. Why would you want somebody who's telling you what to do with your body, who's taking away your rights, who's making it difficult for you? Black men, 22% of you voted for Trump, and then there were a lot, a lot in Georgia that didn't bother to vote at all. Who do you think you're hurting? What is it about Trump that you like? The fact that he tells uh, law enforcement to shoot you in the back, throw you in jail, punch you in a police car, take away opportunities from you? Is that what you like? He's just instituted the death penalty and he's going to be making sure he kills a lot of these black people that have been on death row quite quickly, has no problem with that. Doesn't that bother you? By the way, I'm not saying I don't believe in, the, uh, 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 in capital punishment and these types of things. I'm just saying, if you are a black male, what is in your subconscious that you can't even think about the fact that you are hurting yourself by either not voting or voting for a party that really doesn't care about you at all. Two quick things. We got something from GC Countryman on Facebook. It says, prepare for a Chinese takeover. You're voting for the wrong guy. Communism pays nothing, dummy. Let me just say this. However you meant that, I've been around a long time. I've served my country. I've studied my history. 
the Soviet Union fell apart. Not Russia, because that's what's left of the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union fell apart because of it being a dictatorship. And I could go into the reasons. There are many of them. Many other countries. China is really a dictatorship. I don't care if they call a the guy a president. That doesn't make him a president in our sense of the word. China is suffering internally because they tried to grow. They've made the same mistakes that Hitler made by spreading out too far too fast. They have a lot of state and local obligations that in this world that does run on money, no matter where you are, that they're going to have a lot of defaults. Look for next year when you see the financial problems that China will be having. And we can make them hurt even more if we understand how to take back our country and do what we need. And I want to say one thing to the person who says communism pays nothing, dummy. You're calling us dummies. Well, Russia is a communist country, and you don't seem to have a problem with the fact that they are taking over our country. By the way, Russia has infiltrated our country before, stolen very important information from us, infiltrated our government. So if you want to talk about communism, you need to look at both of it. I think the reason why you have no problem with Russia is because they look white like you, maybe, and the Chinese don't. And who's the dummy here? All of us might be the dummies. You know why? Because you're buying their products. You're not buying American products. Why do you go to Walmart? Why do you go to any of these stores? All these products are made in China. Is it their fault that you and your CEOs of corporations and your politicians, Republicans and others, had no problems allowing corporations to go to China, build their product, and bring it back here, pay no taxes while they're doing it? So when you're making comments like that, sit down, look at your shirt, look at the stuff you have in your house, and ask yourself, why are you supporting products made in China? They're doing anything that any other business or salesperson will do. They sell it, you buy it. You don't have to buy it. So if you don't want a Chinese takeover of America, then why are you supporting China at all in what you do in your day-to-day -day life? And I will take the comment as a positive that you're saying to anybody else who doesn't realize it, that communism doesn't pay, dummy. In other words, let's not let it take root in our country. The other thing is quite true. I've been there since before China reopened under the communist regime, and they had no money to do anything. It was all of the CEOs from America and Europe who decided they could take their companies over there, and they'll fund putting the factories in and hiring their people so that they could make products and keep their profits in their pocket by offshoring the money they made. So it was our own people who helped China grow. And once China grew, they're spending that money to take over and be in charge. It's really simple to stop it, OK? Uh, let's understand this. We'll get into these issues. We have a lot that we can still do while we're able. So. And let me just say one thing. When Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, was in office, he tried to curtail what our corporations were doing when they were taking work and our money overseas and not bringing it back here to America, setting up all these little companies. 
And I want everyone who's listening to this show, this is why I say you got to read, you got to do your research. Look at what's sitting in Congress, the laws, the, 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 the uh, bills that are put on the floor. And every American got upset. Oh my God, he wants to take over the country. And we had all of these commercials with businesses pushing back and voters pushing back. <coughs> and all he wanted to do was make sure that they don't take these businesses and our money overseas and then don't pay anything back to our treasury. Now Trump comes in power and he takes over every corporation, tells them what to do, stealing our money, and we don't seem to have a problem with that. So I just want you to start thinking about what you as a voter gave up willingly and stop blaming others and start blaming what we as voters have done and our polit politicians have done. Now I want to talk about over hill, over dale, we will trash democracy. One of the things that I absolutely hate is when I see Donald Trump wrapping himself in our American flag. A man who refused to serve his country, actually insulted soldiers who actually went into battle. He thought that they were stupid for doing it. And while there is no federal law that says you can't wrap yourself in the American flag, if you are military, the veterans of foreign wars have rules that talk about how our flag should be treated. We should not be using and draping ourselves on our flag. It's considered an insult. It's not a prop. It's okay, and it should not be used as a prop as he has done in others. So when you start talking about how you love your flag and love America, you need to think about how we are supposed to pay deference to our flag. That's all I want to bring up about that. But please look up the veterans of foreign wars and the rules in place about how our American flag should be respected. And I cannot respect a man who did not serve our country, felt he didn't, wanted to have affairs, compared our troops going to war to his VD and Americans. You didn't get upset because of that? So the big bad wolf white guy can say anything and disrespect our military and you don't have a problem with that. Here's another thing that he's doing. This money that we need to help people out there, he won't even, he didn't want to give a penny to the military. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi and Congress for passing a defense bill that's going to be veto-proof against him. He wanted to make sure that corporations could get a free ride on liability, so he will actually put our troops and our military on hold so he can get whatever the hell he wants. So military people, you got to start thinking about this. I'm not making this up. Just look at what's going on in Congress and the, on, on, on the House floor and the Senate floor. Instead of watching nonsense on TV, how about watching what's actually happening in Washington when they're discussing these bills? Look it up. This is what this man wanted, yet he wraps himself on the American flag and he doesn't care about making sure that our troops and their families are taken care of because he's got to make sure 
his businesses, his daughter's businesses, Kushner's businesses, and his buddy's businesses are taken care of. Think about it when he's happy because Joe Biden's son is being investigated because what did he do with China? Did he get an advantage because his father was in the government? Trump has his daughter and son-in-law on our payroll. And while they've been on our payroll, they have gotten multiple copyrights that they couldn't get before he was in office from China. And then from the Middle East where he's made deals. And the Middle East has funded Jared because he's there talking to his father-in-law, our president. So they're willing to give some of the money that came out of our pockets. The Middle East made their money by selling oil to us. So it's our money being given to these crooks to harm us, to people who have killed reporters and had them cut into pieces and not been prosecuted for it. Come on, people. It's not hard to understand. And I want you to take a look at the rich guy on top just throwing money up in the air and the people that we see every day standing online for food to feed their family. I want to talk about Flint, Michigan. Here again, $600 million is going to be borrowed by the government of Michigan to be able to settle lawsuits because a Republican governor and his wonderful band of bandits decided to change the way the water was being treated, and he didn't do it all no, over which the- Which water came to Flint? He changed the water supply yes. that came to Flint. Well, he also- To also, save money. He also changed how it's treated. So then we ended up with corroded water, and these kids, these individuals, particularly in the black areas, let's be honest, and poor areas, because he didn't do that in the white areas. He only did it in the poor areas. And so that man did not go to jail. His cabinet didn't go to jail. And now Flint is going to pay over a billion dollars over the life of this loan in order to settle these lawsuits. $600 million. We have a Republican Congress and Senate and a president who doesn't want to even give money to the states for this coronavirus to help them with all the money they had to pay out of pocket on unemployment and everything else. People, every state belongs to an association called the United States of America, and it's run out of Washington. You got to pay money to be part of this association. How dare them decide? Mitch McConnell said it on TV. Let them fail. Let them go bankrupt. Why should we care? We should care because we derive most of our benefits from the states that we live in, people. Most of it comes from the states we live in. And if the states fail, guess what's going to happen? Just like happened under George W. Bush when he crashed our economy. People are going to lose their jobs, police officers, teachers, firemen, the people that help you with your permits, people that help in the court with anything that you want. They will be unemployed. Think about that. You should be calling your senators and your representatives and forcing them to make sure that governments, state governments, are taken care of in this new bill 
that Mitch McConnell doesn't want to pass unless the big corporations get the money they want. And people in Michigan, pay attention. $600 million is going to be borrowed, and it's going to cost you $1 billion by the time they pay it off. Think about the interest on that money. And by the way, I, I've known a lot of people from a lot of places, and that includes Detroit, smart, working people who helped make this country what it is. And how Detroit got the name Motown was not because of a record company. It was because Detroit was basically the center of the American car industry as it built up. So Americans like to truncate and come up with simple names for things. Uh, New York on the streets 50, 60 years ago, they started referring to it as the apple. Not the big apple, just the apple. Make it simple. Motortown, that's Detroit. And so Motown is the contraction of it that somebody capitalized and used it for a recording company because we also got a lot of our modern recording companies out of Motown from the average people who started making this back in the old days when they were making the music we all loved to sing and dance to and everything else. So these names came out of a purpose that we as Americans assign or ascribe to these cities we grew up in and benefited from, period. So people, you know, again, like I said, I haven't celebrated the win of Biden as yet because I'm very concerned. Is he going to get there? Ronald Outlaw, take that comment as a sign that your program is growing. They are scared that you're getting the truth out. Keep up the good work. Thank you, uh, Ronald. Again, we do this program because we like history. Uh, Instagram, Next Step, a great source for up-to-date, trusted news reporting. Thank you. A lot of things that we do here, we research. I listen, and, and actually your host does too. We listen to congressional hearings. We look up bills that are being put on the floor, not just at the federal level, because like I tell everybody, your government starts at your state and local level. You cannot just wait once every four years to vote for a president. You should be voting for your governors, your mayors, your district attorneys, the individuals who actually impact your life every day. When you talk about prison reform, you should be talking about prison reform at the state level. That's where most of the issues take place. Federal capital push punishment is different. I'm not saying you don't look at the federal side, but in your state, that's what you should be fighting for. Get on the school board, become a police officer, go to school and be an attorney, become a judge, volunteer in some of these state uh, offices that are looking for volunteers, whether it's your water, agriculture, whatever. That's the brilliancy of the Republican Party. They took control of state and local government and then went for the gusto at the federal level. We slept through all of that. We didn't care enough. And now we're here. We're asking Biden to be a superhero. He cannot be a superhero. He's got to unwind everything that Trump has done in order for our country to move forward. Um, I just want to let everybody know to please follow uh, our show on the various podcasts. So follow us on Stitcher, Google Play, 
uh, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we've got others, I think. I'm, I must be missing something. I'm not sure. Anyway, you can find us at AE, the word equals, MC, the word squared, and that same title, AE, the word equals, MC, the word squared, on Instagram and on Facebook. And as we said, for Gmail, it's AE, the word equals, then MCSQ at gmail.com. So you can contact us through all of these, and you can find us on a lot of these different apps. Again, we've put this all together ourselves out of our own pockets uh, because we want to get this out. We want everybody to understand as I understand. There are real people out there in this country, and they just want people who talk to them and give them facts, discuss things with facts, not try and sell them something, but report on things that aren't happening. I listen to everything and everybody. You could be the biggest liar on the planet. I want to know what's going on, and then I will out you when I'm done. And one of the things that we do is we actually go and we look at the laws and the bills and the discussions to make sure that people are telling us the truth. The one issue that the uh, co-host brought up was the fact that this general is being considered to head the Pentagon. And everybody keeps talking about, oh, we're not going to give the exception. Department of Defense. The Department of Defense. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for that. Department of Defense. Yet, 98 to 1, Democrats and Republicans voted to confirm Mathis. They voted against <laughs> giving him the exception, just 17 Democrats, but then they turned around and voted to confirm him. Why are we having this discussion now, Democratic Party? I have no clue, but I just want us to unite and we got to be vigilant. And this is what we do. We actually look things up historically give you dates, go and find it for yourself. And I'm going to turn this back over to the host because he's got things he's want to talk Just about. Just quickly, the general that they've put up, I am an old soldier, World War Zero. Bottom line is, I'm always serving my country, whether in or out of uniform. And this general, he was the head of what we call CENTCOM. It's headquartered generally in Tampa, okay? For a lot of reasons, strategically. But CENTCOM was when they decided, we're not just an army or a navy or an air force. We work together to do things. He ran that. So he knows the governments. He knows the global things that are going on. This man is prepared to deal with the world, period. End of statement. I thank you all for listening in. We're going to be closing out. We've got a bunch of things we didn't get to. But let me tell you. I am still going after Donald with depraved indifference, him and Mitch McConnell. They never instituted testing. We've got people dying in droves. They're dying more every day than died at the World Trade Center when it got bombed. They're dying more than we've lost in major battles, such as the attack on Pearl Harbor. We've outstripped that when we're losing 3,000 people in one day. And I don't care that we have people who don't take care of themselves and may die from a heart attack. That's their choice. This is different. We've been invaded and they're doing nothing. So we'll be back. I want you to talk, send in questions, ask.
We love it. We appreciate that you tune in and make sure everybody gets out and is heard. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Six Sigma Consulting starts here. Maxit Services works with governmental officials and architects to ensure that your project's permitting, planning, and financing are correctly submitted so that your project comes in on time and in budget. So take it to the max. Maxit Services is your construction project liaison. 866-346-3078. Democrats, Georgia needs your help. You have two elections on January 5th. One is a special election for Dr. Raphael Warnock, and the second is a runoff election for John Ossoff. We need to take control of the Senate. Please go to fearfight.com and donate. Necesitamos el voto y ayudancia a Georgia. Tenemos dos elecciones para dos puestos en el Senado. El primero es la elección del Reverend Warnock, y el segundo es la segunda elección for John Ossoff. Por favor, ayude la campaña. Vaya a fearfight.com y voten, voten, voten. Democrats.